Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast, where the church's status quo and sacred cows get rounded up, simmered down, and dished out. And now, here's your chief cook, author, innovator, filmmaker, and founder of Group Publishing, Tom Schultz. Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast. At Group's annual Future of the Church Summit, we explored a number of trends pointing to how the church is changing. One of those trends shows changes in how churches will be staffed in the future. Because of tightening budgets, more churches are looking toward volunteers and bivocational people to carry out the work of ministry that had formerly been done by paid and full-time professionals. One of these bivocational ministers is a millennial-aged man named Jason Valderrama, who participated on a panel at the Future of the Church Summit. He splits his time between serving at his church and at a medical clinic as a physician's assistant. Here now is a segment from the Future of the Church. I work full-time as a physician assistant, so uh, a PA is a, a master's level of medicine. And um, from, a, from a very early age, just felt a, a desire to pursue medicine, um, was drawn towards it. And uh, then uh, God got a hold of my life. I, I came to know Christ my sophomore year of college up at CSU and um, still was interested in medicine. But then I started to get discipled and, and start to get interested in, in, in leadership and in pastoral leadership and, and um, was invited to, to join an internal training program, a pastoral training program. It was two years long um, and completed that and uh, was able to get into PA school, and God provided for that. And so uh, for the longest time, just felt really, really drawn to both and not wanting to pick one or the other. And, and God has really enabled me to be able to do that, and I feel, I feel very privileged to be able to do both. Um, a lot of people look at my schedule and say, like, why do, you, why do you do so many things? And I work four days a week in the clinic. I, um, I'm usually there 45 hours a week seeing patients. Uh, it's a primary care clinic, so it's kids and adults. And and everybody in between. Um, and then I have um, Thursdays off. So Thursdays I'm, uh, I'm, I'm spending time doing uh, ministry. Sundays are a ministry day as well. And so uh, I consider myself really, really blessed to be able to do both. And um, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a juggling act. You know, my first and foremost uh, ministry is at home to my wife and to my kids. I want to be a minister there. I, I consider my, my role in the church as, as pastoral ministry, as, as something that's so um, so important, and, and that's, that's kind of where my next priority lies. And, and, um, and then I see my, my role as a PA uh, and working um, in secular society as an outflow of that. So I don't see those two as opposition. It's not, I do this on these days of the week, and I do this on these days of the week. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for Christ, and I do that whenever I can. If that's in the clinic or if that's at church, um, those are not in opposition to one another, and, and uh, I'm really grateful to be able to do both. What about your training for ministry? I, I can assume what your training was for medicine, but what was your training for ministry? Um, it was, it was um, an internal training program, so uh, we came from a model where we did training in-house. Uh, it was four guys, and it was a, a two-year program. Uh, it had theological. The one, the one component that it didn't have um, a lot of was language study, uh, but there was a lot of hands-on ministry. There was um, theological training, and and then after that, there was a, there was kind of a, an internship process, so to speak, where you're you're involved in in a certain ministry and given oversight and um, and kind of trained and coached along the way. The question was, 
how are you going to address the needs of your congregation if you're working in a co-vocational way? And the answer for me is team. That's the first thing that I would answer. If you have a team around you that is able to look at your um, congregation from a global perspective and say, these are the needs of our congregation, let's attack them together, they're gonna get met. My second thought that I wanna submit to you is that being in a co-vocational role equips me as a minister in a different way and allows me to relate to my congregation in a different way because I wake up tomorrow morning and I go to clinic. I wake up on Monday morning and I go to clinic just like the person who's sitting in the front row, they're waking up tomorrow morning, they're going to work. And so I can relate to them in a, in a unique way and I can encourage them to make their vocation a ministry so that it's not I come to I come to church on Wednesday night to do my ministry or I come to church on Sunday morning to do my ministry I my ministry is my workplace as well and so I'm I'm equipped and and uh, my goal my goal is a little bit different um, I don't I don't know that I want to go into vocational ministry I, I don't think I do I love medicine and um, the balance the, the number of hours that I work in the clinic may change but I I don't want to stop doing that I want to do both and um, and I, like I said, I have a, I have a, a very unique perspective and, and can challenge and encourage our church body to use their workplace as, as ministry. I'll share a real quick story with you. Um, I got to meet a woman about 38 years old, and she came in to see me, and she was getting dizzy. And she um, said, you know, I'm getting dizzy, I'm getting lightheaded, don't know what's going on. So um, we did some lab tests. We were trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, she came back a couple weeks later. I went over her lab results with her and I said, you know, everything's looking, looking okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about when you're feeling dizzy? Well, it's in the morning. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit nauseous and uh, I didn't have my period. I'm like, okay, um, I have a couple ideas. Um, <laughs> let's, get a, let's get a urine sample. So we checked a, a urine pregnancy test and it was positive. And so I said to her, uh, I came back in the room and I said, um, uh, I think I know why you were feeling dizzy last week and why you're still feeling that way. Um, we did a pregnancy test, and, and the result shows that you're pregnant. And um, she just got so dejected. She's like, my husband was coming to see you tomorrow to talk about getting a vasectomy. And we don't want a kid. Uh, I have a 16-year-old. I have uh, twin 10-year-olds. And um, I, don't, I don't want this baby. So what are my options? I'm like, okay. So you have a couple of options. Um, one would be, you know, we go through this pregnancy, and and yeah, there's a, there's a gap in between your, your kids' ages, and, um, and I'll help you, I'll take care of you during this pregnancy, and I'll, I'll take care of your, 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 your child when, when they're born. And she said, no, uh, we can't do that. What are my other options? And I said, well, your, your other options are adoption. Uh, and she said, no, I, um, I can't do that. I don't wanna adopt my, I don't wanna put, place a child for adoption. Uh, what, what else can I do? She said, can I have an abortion? And I said, uh, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should, should, should parent this child. I think you should place this child for adoption if it's not something that, that, um, that you can do. And she said, you know, I've had an abortion before. And uh, I said to her, and this was from the Lord. I said, was that a good decision or was that a bad decision? And she said, that was a bad decision. And I said to her, you have that same decision to make again today. Why would you make a bad decision again? And she thought about it for a little bit, and she said, okay, I need to think about this, and she left. And I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. Well, she came back and saw me two weeks later, and at the end of our visit two weeks later, um, she said, I've decided to parent. Thank you for my baby. Uh, 
I don't take any credit for that interaction. That question came from the Lord, and he had me in that exam room for that reason. She's due next week. And I give God all the, all the credit, all the glory for that because um, that's a life that he has a plan and a purpose for. And so regardless of what your vocation is, um, we have the opportunity to impact people. If you're an HVAC guy and you're replacing somebody's furnace in the middle of the winter, you have an opportunity to share Christ with people. If you're a server and one of your coworkers is not coming to work and, and you have the opportunity to say, hey, what's going on at home? How, how can I pray for you? What's going on? It doesn't matter what your, your vocation is. Um, we have opportunities to share Christ uh, right in front of us, and we need to equip our people to do that. And um, I was thinking about our conversation earlier today about discipleship and how do, we, how do we make disciples. I think this is so integral to disciple making um, when we talk about uh, having our workplaces be a place of vocation. So um, I think being in a co-vocational role, um, I'm so grateful for it. I wouldn't change it for the world. And uh, it, it puts me in a place to be able to um, encourage and, and challenge our people um, to go and make disciples on the front lines. Fascinating and encouraging stuff. Jason appeared at the Future of the Church Summit, and you can be a part of the next summit and get a jump on what's coming in the fast-changing picture for the church. You can find details at thefutureofthechurch.com. That website is thefutureofthechurch.com. We'll see you next time on the Holy Soup Podcast right here and on the Holy Soup blog at www.holysoup.com. See you then.